Right, okay, so let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 48. Right. These are the words of Jesus Christ. You have heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Right. So these are the words of Jesus Christ. Right. So he's talking uh, about loving our enemies uh, and praying for our enemies. Like, uh, you know, I've heard, uh, I mean, I've heard uh, so many uh, critics, uh, you know, argue that, you know, the God of, uh, you know, the New Testament seems so much in contrary to the God of the Old Testament. They seem like two different characters, right? Here's the God of... Uh, uh, the Christian God, the God of Israel, Jesus Christ, of course, is telling us to love our enemies and pray for them, right? But in the Old Testament, they say, they argue, right, uh, that, you know, God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. God destroys, uh, you know, by flood. God destroys, right? Seems like God is a God who is waiting to, you know, destroy uh, people of disobedience and people of uh, unrighteousness, right? So I tell them that's not true, right? So it's not God's grace, God's patience, right? Uh, is, you know, is infinite, right? He waits, he gives enough chance for people to repent, right? And besides, now uh, in the book of Romans, it says, right, now, now this is a different dispensation we are living in, right? If you uh, listen to one of my messages, the previous messages on dispensation, so it's very important to understand as Christians, uh, you know, as Bible students. If you're a Bible, if you're a Bible-believing Christian, then it is so important for us to understand dispensationalism, to understand uh, the different time periods and different uh, groups of people, and how the Word of God applies. How you can take the the Word of God of that of that particular time period or that particular era, uh, and then see. To whom it is spoken to or you know how to interpret it right so dispensationalism is very 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 uh, indispensable it's a very important um, um, you know skill um, every Bible Bible student must have right so this New Testament New Covenant uh, is a time of grace right the book of Romans says you know as sin increases grace also increases right so God's time uh, of grace is started now. It's going on. Of course, it's going to run out. But then again, judgment will come upon the ones who are unrepented eventually, right? So the book of Romans says, as sin increases, grace also increases because this is the new covenant, right? God is giving his time, his uh, patience infinitely, waiting on people to come, accept his son's sacrifice, saying that, you know, hey, your sins will be forgiven. You, you will be given a new lease of life. It will be like as if your sins never existed. I will wipe it out clean, right? And God is waiting for people to come, for people to come. And what are we supposed to do? Said simply, no. We are supposed to take the gospel out to the world, right? So again, let's uh, read again uh, what Jesus said, the Great Commission, right? 
So Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Right. So that's the Great Commission. This is what Jesus asked us to do. Okay. So I wanted to give an overview of the book of Jonah today. Right, and how these two verses have so much relevance to the book of Jonah. All right, so um, in case you're not, I'm sure, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a Bible student and if you've been going to church, uh, you've been studying the Bible for some time, you know the story of Jonah. But I'll just give a quick backdrop of what the book of Jonah is all about, right, and how it applies, why the book of Jonah is there in the Bible. and. Uh, how how these how it applies to these two verses that we, that, that we just read. Okay, so Jonah was a prophet uh, during the time of King Jeroboam II. Right, he was one of the worst kings uh, of Israel. Right, so Jonah was a prophet at that time. Right, he was prophesying in favor of this king. Right, God. If you read the book of 2nd Kings, he was there. Jonah's name is mentioned in the book of 2nd Kings. He was prophesying. He was a servant of God at that time, prophesying to uh, the Israelites, to the Jews, right, in the, uh, king's pro- uh, in the king's court, right? In fact, he prophesied that Jeroboam would uh, restore the borders of uh, northern Israel, okay? And that did come to pass, right? And... In fact, at some point, it seems that he is prophesying too much in favor of the of uh, the king, right? And later on, the other prophet Amos prophesied uh, against this king Jeroboam, right? Actually, it might look like you know his uh, the, the the prophet has reversed Amos has reversed the uh, prophecies of uh, you know Jonah, right? It looks like that. So so. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, for a Bible student, it, uh, you know, if you're a Bible student, then probably you will begin to doubt the, uh, you know, credibility of this prophet Jonah, right? Anyway, this Jonah is here in the comfort of the king's uh, palace, and uh, you know, he's preaching to the Israelites, to the Jews, asking them to repent of their sins. You know, Israel was those days was very, very disobedient. So here's this prophet preaching to the Jews, right, asking them to repent. And, you know, uh, they, they, the Israelites, the Jews have a hard heart, right, and they have a history of, uh, you know, being rebellious, disobedient to God, right, if you read the Old Testament. In fact, uh, the, the, the law was given to the Jews, to the Israelites, and, you know, God called them to be a separate nation from all the other nations, to be different from others, to be an example, so that, you know, the God of Israel is preached uh, to others through these people, and they failed miserably, right? Not uh, the ministry, uh, you know, the ministry which God entrusted them with failed miserably, right? They, while they themselves were disobedient most of the times, God requiring them to discipline them many times, Right, they failed miserably in uh, making the God of Israel known to the whole world, to the other surrounding nations, them, uh, and then you know, encouraging them to 
come under the wings of the God of Israel. You know, salvation to be preached, right? The Bible says the salvation is of the Jews. It starts off with them, right? So they were called to share that salvation, their coming Messiah, right? And how God is going to forgive and bless all nations through this Messiah, right? They were supposed to live an example, set an example, but they failed miserably, right? And then here is this prophet Jonah who's preaching, who's asking the Israelites to repent, right? And then the word of God comes to Jonah saying that, stop whatever you're doing, get up and go to another place. And he says, what? Where, where am I supposed to go? Go to Nineveh, right? Nineveh was a, was a uh, Assyrian town, right? Um, it had about uh, capital, it was the capital of Assyria and it had about 120,000 plus people. It was a prosperous and uh, successful, successful when I say, you know, in terms of the world, a prosperous town with a lot of very great irrigational projects and, you know, it was a town buzzing with activity and it was a, you know, very successful, very, but it was, uh, a town, it was a city filled with all wicked people. Okay, so go to Bombay, like Brother Syed says, you know, it's a very prosperous, very successful town, but wickedness is about abundant there, right? Sin is there so much, right? In fact, God says to Jonah that, you know, the wickedness of uh, Nineveh has come up before me and I'm going to destroy it unless they repent. So go, go to them and then ask them to repent, preach this repentance to them, right? Otherwise, I'm going to destroy them. Go and tell this to them, right? So Jonah says, what? I'm supposed to go leave the comfort of this palace, leave the comfort of being among my people, and then go to a strange land and preach. No, Lord, I can't do that. He says, no, get up and go, right? So those days, uh, if you're a prophet and if you're not... Uh, if you're giving false prophecy, if you're giving, uh, not giving the prophecy, right? What, what is delivered to you, you will be punished, punished, you're uh, punishable by death. That's a, it's, it's a, as serious as that, right? So Jonah here refuses to go. In fact, uh, God asks him to go eastwards towards Nineveh. And then he totally disobeys God. And then he gets into a boat and goes westward towards Tarshish. Okay, a city somewhere near Spain, I think, right? Goes there, total disobedience to God, right? And then he's in this boat and God says, okay, so you're not going to do what I say, right? You're not going to prophesy. You're not going to go to Nineveh. Fine, let's see where you, where you want to go. So Jonah is here in this boat and then God sends this heavy storm, um, right? This boat is full of unbelieving uh, you know, idol, idol worshipping, uh, uh, you know, sailors in that, right? And then this guy, uh, Jonah is the only uh, Jew who knows uh, the God of the Bible. And then he is sleeping in the lower decks when the storm is raging, right? And then these sailors are terrified because of the storm. And then they're like, what, what's going to happen now? We're going to die. I mean, if you have not been in a cruise ship, it's scary. The high waves are very scary. It's beautiful, but very scary during the time of a storm. You know, it's, it's an experience. Anyway, and then uh, 
everyone starts praying to their idols to to their gods you know their pocket idols whatever gods they know nothing is happening okay and then the captain of the ship goes and finds this guy sleeping and then says hey what's this how come how can you sleep get up pray to your god who knows he might help we are about to perish okay and then uh, jono wakes up and then uh, and then uh, he tells them he would have told them that you know he is running away from his god right so they know about this okay and then uh, you know they roll the dice you know to find out who is responsible for this and then of course it's all god's doing right so god uh, the, the 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 bible says the lot falls on jonah pointing out he's the responsible person for this calamity right coming calamity so they ask who are you what have you done right he says uh i'm uh, i'm a ivory or ivory ivory right ivory is the ancient hebrew word for hebrew today uh, the you know we use the word english word hebrew or latin word actually hebrew previously it was known as uh ivory ivory means uh, a hebrew that means uh the people who crossed over right if you remember uh god uh helped these guys cross over the red sea on dry land right and then he says i am uh among those people right the ivories and our god is the god of the sea who made the sea and dry land right and of course he would have told them about you know uh the crossover how they crossed over through the red sea right so he's, he's actually saying this I'm not, I'm not afraid of the sea you know because we have crossed the sea and our god is the god of the sea and everything but i'm afraid of this god right so then this they got these guys are terrified and they ask him what should we do now he says okay fine you throw me overboard okay so that you know god's anger will be only upon me and not upon you guys you you've done nothing and then actually uh, you see if you read the book of jonah you see those sailors who are idolaters who are unbelievers actually they repent and they pray unto the god of israel okay and then they say we are sorry we are going to kill this fellow please don't hold this against us okay and then they throw him overboard right you can see the unbelievers being repentant here okay and jonah who's a believer the god of who knows the god of israel disobedient with a hard heart <laughs> and he's thrown overboard right and then the bible says after he was thrown overboard god calms the storm and the seas are you know come again and come again and these guys are very thankful to the god of israel and then they worship the god of israel and then they make vows to the god of israel they were there right there repentance and revival right there okay and then what happens jonas about to sink going down in the sea and then god tells the fish go catch him right a whale actually whale swallows jonah okay and then jonas inside the belly of the fish or the whale okay and then if you read the bible i encourage you to read it uh, the book of jonah his prayer inside the belly is alive and then is he 
asking God for grace, his prayer of grace. Right? And then God commands the whale to spit out Jonah. And then Jonah, the fish vomits Jonah out on the dry line. And then the whale is back in the sea. Right? Even the whale, even the fish is obeying God, <laughs> except Jonah. Right? And then God tells Jonah, come on, it's not too late now. Okay, you have put enough people in trouble. You have caused enough trouble for the fish. You have caused enough trouble for yourself, the people and the boat. Okay, um, I don't want to kill you, God. I think probably God saw his leadership skills, right? I mean, because, see, Jonah, you'll have to uh, appreciate Jonah here because uh, he's a Jew. He's been preaching all his life to the Jews, asking them to repent, okay? And then the Jews have not repented, right? And then, obviously, the uh, uh, later on, if you, uh, you know, read the Bible and even history, you know, the people of Nineveh or Assyria, they overpower, uh, they invade Jerusalem, they invade Israel, and, you know, they destroy it. Right? God says that I'm raising up these people because of your disobedient heart. Anyway, that aside, okay. So Jonah is like, uh, um, you know, Jonah knows, right? If you read the book of Jonah, that, you know, if he goes and preaches to these people, they may repent, okay? And if they repent, God is going to uh, spare them. And, you know, it's going to look bad upon the Jewish people, okay? And I don't want to put the Jewish people down, right? My people down in front of everyone. So it's not going to look good. So he decided not to go and he decided to sacrifice himself, throw himself overboard, ask the people to throw him in the, in the, in the, in the sea. Probably God had mercy on him because of that, you know. He had good leadership skills there. He wanted to stand up for his people, right? Speak up for his people. And then, you know, God says, okay, I'm not going to kill you. Go, go into the town of Nineveh. It's not too late. Go on, prophesy. Whatever I have to tell them. Go on. This guy is like irritated and now like, okay, fine, let me go. Right? And then he goes into Nineveh. It's a very big town. By Bible says, no, it takes three days. It took three days for him to, after entering Nineveh, to reach the heart of the city, it took three days. Right? It was a town buzzing with activity, very successful town with successful projects, irrigational projects, water projects, right? But they were wicked. They were wicked, uh, you know, robbery was rampant. Uh, and, um, you know, sin was rampant. They were people of very, very cruel attitude. Right? If you read history and they used to behead people, you know, very, very wicked people, right? So God sends this guy there and then he goes to Nineveh and then he just, in Hebrew, he just speaks five words. In the next 40 days, Nineveh will be overturned and that's it. That one sentence he speaks all over and then he just comes out of Nineveh. Such, uh, you know, such was his attitude towards. He does not even preach about, you know, why the uh, judgment is coming. He does not preach about what they are supposed to do to turn away from 
uh, God's wrath. Okay, he does not tell them even about God. He doesn't speak anything. He just says in the next forty days, Nineveh will be overturned, and then just comes out of it. Okay, okay, fine. Uh, and then the fear of the Lord come over the people of Nineveh, and then. The word goes to the king of Nineveh saying that, you know, hey, here is a prophecy that's come from God that in the next 40 days, right, Nineveh will be overturned. Okay, and then this king gets scared and then this, because, you know, uh, and yeah, he, he, he issues an order, a decree. Right, he and his nobles that, you know, people all over Nineveh should fast in sackcloth, right? And then uh, even the animals are supposed to fast. Okay, and everyone should stop their wicked ways, prostitution, gambling, sinning, everything should stop right now. Okay, lest God's judgment come upon us. And everyone obey. Okay, and then... God looks at how their hearts have changed, how they have become repentant, and then God says, no, okay, I will not bring the judgment upon them, right, okay. And then Jonah is really, really angry. He said, see, this, 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 is, what, this is what I was talking about. This is what I knew, right. He reiterates, you know, the character of God in the book of uh, I think Deuteronomy or Genesis where it says God is a God of uh, mercy, right? Uh, of infinite patience, right? I knew you would do this and this is why I didn't. Now, now how, how am I going to look like and how, how are my people going to look? Like these people, they listened to the prophecy, okay? And then they repented, but look at our people. They are unrepentant. So how bad it's going to look at? I mean, our people are going to be reflected in a very, very bad light. This is not right, Lord. This is why I, this is why I said I will not go. But you force me to go, right? And then God just looks at him and smiles, right? And then, uh, okay, and then uh, Jonah goes on top of a hill outside the town of Nineveh. Okay, and then he sits on top of the hill to see what's going to happen. Probably, uh, you know, God's judgment will in any ways come upon them. Let's say they will probably their repentance is short-lived and then, you know, God's judgment might, the town might be overturned. Let me go and see. So he camps on top of the hill and then he observes what's going to happen. While he's there, right, and then God again, God's word again comes to him and asks, asks, God asks him, do you have do you do you think it's right that you're angry about this matter okay and then jonah doesn't say anything he's so angry he doesn't answer and then says okay fine god says fine and then he is sitting there it's very hot right god provides him with one plant one tree i think uh, a vine it says you know so that he can find comfort in the heat and then jonah is very happy about it because it's providing him with nice shade he can rest eat relax there and then god is observing and then the next day god sends a worm to kill eat up that plant okay 
After the plant dies, God sends a strong scorching wind, east wind, eastern wind. Okay, and then the sun is blazing upon his head, and then he's like faint in that heat, and he's like, "Let me die. I'm done with this." <laughs> and then God asks him, "Do you do you have any right to be angry about that plant?" First, he asks another question: "Do you have any right to be angry about the people?" Right. And then Jonah is really upset and doesn't answer. And then God now asks, "Do you have any right to be angry about this silly plant, one small plant, right, which you did not tend, you did not make it grow? I did. Do you have any right?" He says, "Yes, I have every right to be angry. I am angry. I'm angry enough to die." He's just stomping around and saying he's really, really upset now. You first make me come out of my comfort zone, make me come to this place. Now here I am. My prophecy is gone wrong. I mean actually the prophecy didn't go wrong because he didn't prophesy fully right he was supposed to say repent in the next 40 days if you repent uh you know that was he didn't preach repentance right he just said in 40 days you will be overturned right he didn't preach repentance but then they repented and then you know god's anger was um spared right so he did not give the full message he just gave the partial message <laughs> Right. Anyways, and then God says that you know, okay, fine. You are angry about this vine which you did not plant, you did not water. Okay, but I did it myself. And then, do you think I should not be angry about this one hundred forty thousand plus children who don't know the left hand from the right hand? And even the animals. This is what God says. Even the animals. I mean, this is one thing I've seen. God has compassion towards animals also, even in the Old Testament. right if you read the book of uh, deuteronomy god <clears throat> commands the israelites to leave uh you know food in the field so that the animals can come and eat right anyway so that that that's it i mean that's that's it and we don't know what answer jonah gives we don't know what happens after that right so the 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 book ends like that god asking that question and we don't know what was jonah's response right so it was a very uh profound book weird book you can say and then you know several things to learn from this book for us as christians as pastors as ministers uh right so several things which reflect our own character we might be pastors we might be evangelists we might be uh teachers you know from the outside we might look like you know prophets doing a great job doing everything uh in the comfort of our church in the comfort of our ministries right okay but in the inside it is exposing jonah's uh you know wickedness and the need for repentance himself jonah was a prophet who needed his own message which is very true for all of us which is very true for me sometimes when i listen to the messages which i myself have spoken it will like wow it will minister to me myself so jonah was a prophet who needed his own message who needed repentance himself right so he was a man who was asked to do something and he was disobedient everyone if you look at the book of in the book of jonah everyone obeyed god right the sailors who were um pagan sailors right the wicked people of nineveh the idolaters the sinners when they heard the word of god how they repented even the fish 
obeyed God, the whale obeyed God, except Jonah. And he was supposed to be the prophet from Israel. Right? So it exposes the the deep uh, selfishness among us. Even, even though we might be ministers of God, we might ministers in a big church, uh, we might be, but there is a need for us to repent ourselves. Right? Because when God's grace is not understood, okay, it turns into selfishness, it turns into jealousy. If you look at if you look at Jonah inside the stomach of the whale, right? What what was his prayer? Read the pr- prayer sometimes, I mean, when you're free. It's all about grace, understanding the grace of God. Okay, and then he gets the God's grace, right? And then God commands the fish to vomit Jonah out, spit him out. And then he is the person who's experienced God's grace. Okay, how many of us have been in difficult situations? We have been in difficult situations and we've seen God rescue us from bad situations, right? And when we don't understand that grace, right, that grace where God makes like the first verse which we read, you know, His grace is so great that, you know, He makes uh, it shine upon the righteous as well as the unrighteous. It's like the sun, okay, the goodness of the sun, God makes it shine upon us, believers who worship Him, and at the same time even the unbelievers who don't know Him. Right, Jonah prayed that prayer of grace. He understood God's grace, but when the same grace God was willing to give to his enemies, he was like, no, not these people, no. It's, it's, it's a reflection of how I feel many times, you know. Uh, when I see the wickedness in this world, when I just stand sometimes in the balcony or, you know, somewhere and just walk, watch people walk, in a meaningless life, okay, coming to office, going home, only concerned about themselves, not concerned about anyone, anything, and the wickedness, the 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 uh, the thieves, the corrupt politicians, the corrupt police, the uh, prostitutes, the gamblers, the revelers, right. When I see all these people who don't know the right hand from the left hand and look at what Jesus is telling us, get out of your comfort zone, go and preach the gospel to them. Right? It's a parallel message, just like how God told Jonah to go out and preach the gospel to the people who are perishing. So these are the people who are perishing. Okay. Many times I I you know I myself have felt like, you know, looking at these people's wickedness. God's judgment is coming. You wait. God's ju- When God's judgment comes on you at that time, you will know. Right? But the Bible says, God does not delight in anyone perishing. That's why His grace is abundant. He just waits and waits and waits and waits. And when that grace period is over, His judgment will come. And then when every man stands in front of God, He will you know, prove himself a liar, God will, you know, God will be proved righteous because he has given enough chance for everyone to repent. Right, so, Jonah is a book which uh, teaches us, you know, Christians, believers of the God of Israel, you know, to 
look at deep within ourselves and have more compassion upon the people who are perishing without God to go and preach unto them, right? Without being selfish, you know. I've heard many believers say this. I have heard this many believers say, no, I will preach the gospel, but I don't feel like praying for this person. I don't feel like praying for this person. This person is so bad. He doesn't deserve to be saved, <laughs> right? It's a reflection of what Jonah felt within ourselves, right? When God's grace is misunderstood, it becomes jealousy, it becomes selfishness, right? That is something what the book of Jonah is reflecting, asking us to introspect within ourselves, right? And also shows God's character. The promise to Abraham where he made, you know, that through your seed, through your offspring, whole world will be blessed, right? And that was what the calling of Israel initially, right? They were called out separately to be, to live as a separate nation, you know, the Mosaic covenant was given to them, right? They were asked to obey it and live in a certain way so that the God of Israel is ministered to everyone else, every other nation knows about the uh, God of Israel and, you know, salvation can come upon others. But they failed miserably and that's why Jesus is called the true Israelite. How many people know about the God of Israel today because of the Bible, because of you and I, because of our calling, because of we go and preach. Everyone knows Jesus. Everyone knows about Israel. Everyone knows about the God of Israel. Everyone knows about how successful Jesus is because he's the true Israelite. Right. So what the old Israel failed to do, okay, the new Israel is, the spiritual Israel is successful. Salvation of God now is coming upon everyone. Okay. But of course, it's up to people to accept it or not, but it's up to us to preach the gospel. It is our commandment. It's a great, the, the great commission, right? We cannot sit uh, idle in our... And then he went out somewhere else, preached the gospel, he planted church there, appointed a pastor. He moved on, right? He didn't stay in one place and saying that, you know, this is my comfort zone. Jonah was like that. I'm a prophet in the king's courts. I'm a prophet in Israel. But then when God asked him to go out and preach the goodness of God's repentance to other nation, he was like, no, <laughs> right? So is it about our ministry? Is it about us or is it about glorifying God? So that's a question that all of us need to ask. Uh, the book of Jonah challenges us to you know, ask ourselves and also appreciate the grace of God, uh, you know, if, and also understand how if grace of God is misunderstood, we feel it's only for us, <laughs> we become selfish, it turns, we, we become jealous, right? Jonah is a prophet of God, but at the same time human, and at the same time having the same weaknesses uh, of every human being, of you and I. And that's, uh, that is what the message of uh, Jonah is all about, asking us to challenge, introspect ourselves and be more selfless in our attitude towards preaching the gospel and calling others into the kingdom of heaven, right? So that's all the book of Jonah is all about. And I want to conclude this message. Let's pray and then I'll pass on. Um, I'll hand over the control to Eve for the next worship of Brother Syed, if you want to talk about something. 
Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful evening you have given us, for this opportunity to study your word, to understand your book of Jonah. There is a reason why you have put the book of Jonah, the events that that happened in, in his life in the Bible. Thank you for revealing us the purpose of putting uh, the book of Jonah in your, in, your, in your Holy Bible and helping us to understand what it means to us Christians who are living in the New Covenant and how to make sense of the book of Jonah and apply it in our lives. Thank you once again. We pray for all the people who were not able to attend this prayer meeting. We pray that your grace and mercy be upon them. And we pray that you would challenge them to attend uh, the prayer meeting more regularly with more commitment. Thank you very much, Lord. Blessed be thy name. In Jesus' name we pray and we finish this meeting. Amen.